to the Lead with Purpose podcast created to help you achieve the success and fulfillment you're seeking, not only in your job, but across all aspects of life. Each episode will be using the expertise of Rob Cross, founder of The Purposeful Leader and creator of The Three Questions Approach. Rob will be sharing in-depth knowledge on how you can unlock your full potential. My name is Louise van der Vestezen, and as the co-host of the Lead with Purpose podcast, it is my task to help extract all the helpful insights, practical learnings from Rob and hopefully ask all the questions you, the listeners, want to know. In this episode, we want to talk about a recent blog Rob wrote called Know Your Numbers, highlighting the importance for everyone within the business to know and understand the company's results, metrics and accounts. As usual, we have Rob here to help us. Hi, Rob. Hi, Louise. How are you doing? So can you just tell us what you mean by Know Your Numbers? So when I think about any form of organisation, and I, I don't think it matters whether it's publicly listed PLC, privately owned, um, private equity backed, venture capital backed, a charity, you know, it just doesn't matter what type of organisation it is, is that there will be performance metrics that define how that business is performing or that organisation is performing. In certain businesses, that will be very financially driven. In other businesses, it might be um, impact driven, you know, about um, about the contribution it's making to society. So when I think about know your numbers, it's not just about the pure financials. It's about knowing what, what are the, the key performance indicators, the key measures that tell you how that business is performing and, and being really clear on what they are and, and understanding them to the level where you also understand what your influence over those those might be. So, so when I think about um, know your numbers, I'm thinking about actually just knowing what what defines success for the organisation and making sure that you you understand what those measures are and you're paying attention to them and you know how you're influencing them. What led you to realise that know your numbers is such a key element to do? It's an interesting one because I, I I mean when I go back to my early career, so I. You know, I studied two degrees at undergraduate level, a business degree and a civil engineering degree. And so the business degree taught me a lot about business, as you'd imagine. And so it gave me a, a deep level of curiosity. And then I moved into the Air Force and then eventually I moved into uh, publicly listed companies and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera, through my career. And, and right from the very early stage, I started looking around at leaders, watching them take in briefs about you know, how the organisation was performing, what was going on in it, you know, hearing the senior leaders give updates on things. And I watched, uh, I looked around at people's faces and I started to realise that they were as lost as I was. You know, we were all sort of nodding and smiling and pretending that we knew what all of these metrics were, you know, what the senior leaders were saying. But actually, I started to realise that none of us really, really, truly understood it. And so, so what that taught me is actually, you know, the, the vast majority of, of people in a business, whilst they might get certain parts of what the performance of the company is, they don't really understand all of it. And, and, and you referenced my blog earlier. You know, I t- tell a story in the blog about a, um, a, a chief people officer, a group HR director that I, I sat there listening and they were, I think, my boss's boss um, when I worked for this particular company. And I watched them give an update on the company performance. And I asked a couple of simple questions. Why? Because I'm deeply curious and I want to know the numbers because, you know, it's my it's my duty to do that if I'm working for an organisation. And 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 I, and I saw them fluff it. You know, I just realised that they actually they didn't have a clue on what they were really saying and they were fluffing their way through it. And at that point, I thought, you know what, I never want to be a leader in that position. I always want to understand to as deep a level as I can 
what the numbers really mean, which is fundamentally about, I really want to understand what is driving the performance of the organization that I'm working for, and then back to what influence do I have over that? And so for me, you know, I just watched people just not get it and, and not have the courage to ask or the courage to go out and really find out for themselves. That kind of leads me on to like, so where would you suggest we all start in getting to know the numbers? Well, I think that I think that the starting place has got to be owning up to the fact that you don't necessarily fully understand it. And yeah. um, and, and that's a bit of a daunting thing to do because you might have worked for the, the same company for many years and you've sat in the same meetings and sort of smiling, nodding like we all have as people are giving updates. And, and I think if you start at that point of just saying, well, actually, you know, do I really understand what generates profit in this company or yeah, the level of um, donations that we're receiving if we're a charity and what drives that? Do I really understand yeah, what's influencing the share price of the company that I'm in or or you know what they would call EBITDA, um, which is a, a measure of uh, a measure of operating profit? Um, or, or return on capital employed. You know, these are all the things that spin around and people talk about, um, but we but we very rarely go. Well, what does return on capital employed really mean? That sounds like a fancy accounting term, but what does it really mean? Yeah, you know, what does that mean to um, to the performance of the company and what influences that? And and I think just starting to recognise that you're listening to these terms and and acknowledging the fact that you don't understand them, I think, is number one. And for me, I don't know whether it's um, because I am deeply curious or just that type of person. If I'm sitting in a room and I don't understand what some type of acronym is people are using, I'll ask a question. And then if I still don't understand, I'll write it down and I'll go and research it. And that's that curiosity piece. And so, you know, to really seek to understand these things, one, you've got to recognise when you don't know something. And two, you've got to show the curiosity to get out there and, and figure it out. And if I if I delve a bit deeper into that, you know, um, one of the things that I've I've tried to do throughout my career, and I've really worked with other leaders on doing, is is to figure out what some of these metrics are. Is go out and ask the experts. And and I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I was working with the leadership team um, of an organisation, business, a venture capital business, uh, a backed business, a, a few months ago, and um, and they're not in great shape, right? They've been growing really rapidly, but actually they're not really making any money. And I don't think anybody understood that they're not making any money, which is quite surprising. That's one of the tasks that I gave them to do was to um, was to rebuild their profit and loss statement. So the profit and loss statement basically tells you how much revenue you're, how many sales you're making, how much revenue you're generating, um, what's it costing you to make those sales, which is your cost of goods sold, which will give you your gross margin, then your operating expenses, which then ultimately gives you your profit. And um, and what I did is I took their um, recent management accounts, took all the elements of the profit and loss, cut them up into strips of paper, put them in an envelope. Well, my son cut them up for me. He loved the idea of it, um, cut up all the numbers. And we gave that to a groups of leaders as a task to say, now rebuild your profit and loss statement for the last month. And, and tell me what you think numbers align to each of those elements. What was really interesting is that only one of the groups were able to build the right order of the profit and loss elements, and none of the groups got the numbers right, right? And yet they'd all heard the management accounts, they'd all seen this multiple times before, but clearly it just wasn't fully embedded. So what we did then is, is brought the finance team up and got the finance team to step through every element and really allow those 
open questions, get people to 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 ask the things that have been on their mind, so they really understood the performance. And we we scheduled half an hour for this because thinking it would go really quick, we ended up spending an hour and a half on it. Because actually, what what became apparent is these senior leaders in this organisation just didn't understand how their profit was generated, what the drivers of the profit were, and from that understanding, we then created a different a different plan for the for the business going forwards. So for me, you know, recognise when you don't know something, get curious, and get out there and and figure out what the definitions are, and and seek to understand it, where you then feel confident to be able to tell it to um, tell it to other people. Uh, it's a final story, I appreciate I'm sort of going on about this, but I think it's such a critical thing. I'll, I'll sit with finance directors, CEOs, senior executives, and I'll say to them, just assume I know nothing about your business, explain it to me like I'm a child or a grandparent. I mean, put it in the most basic terms and I'll ask the most basic terms so I can conceptualize it in a way that I really understand it. And and what's interesting is that no one ever criticizes you for that. It's almost like they're delighted that somebody's asking, yeah. asking about the detail for how the company works. And so that's that's what I mean by don't be shy about it. Get out there and and try to learn. Show show curiosity. What kind of the thing is what worries me is what level of depth should you go? Like obviously you aren't going to be the finance department, but you just where do you gauge that level of depth you need to know? Uh, I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting one, and it's one of the barriers that get in people's way because, uh, I mean, I, through my life, have studied different um, different courses around finance and would like to think I'm reasonably clued into those topics, but definitely not an expert. And definitely, you know, as I sit in, say, you know, within private equity boards, listening to investment teams, finance teams talk, I, I still find myself you know, um, sort of slightly bewildered by the terminology that goes around and how, how quickly they can understand some of the core metrics and the deeper metrics into the business. But for my view, I think the baseline is, can I stand there in front of my team and explain with confidence what's driving performance in this company? What are the core metrics that will tell us how we're performing and what influences those, those metrics? And And that, for me, is is most critical you know, and and any leader in an organization regardless of public private not-for-profit etc i think should have the confidence or should have the knowledge and the confidence to go and do that and uh and that that's the that's the absolute baseline and if you don't then get out there and and, and learn it you know and, and even simple things sorry just going back to how do you learn about these things i'll hear statements you know, Right. If it's not quite right to ask a question at that moment, I'll go and Google it. And yeah. I mean, Google is the wealth of all knowledge, you know, and, and it's very, you could very quickly understand it. Or I go to the annual report or go to the management account or, or other things just so I can better understand these things. You know, so, so to me, the, the, the minimum level all leaders should have is can I stand up in front of my team and speak with confidence about the performance and the metrics that drive that performance? You were just saying, like, as a leader of a team, is it just the leader that needs to know or or is it the leader's responsibility to ensure then that he gets the team, she, he gets the team to understand the numbers too? Yeah, yeah well and truly. And a really great practice for leaders of teams especially is whenever they're getting their team together in a meaningful way, and I'm talking about sort of monthly meetings, monthly stand-ups, you know, calls, 
know, town halls, what, whatever you would call it in, in your organisation, is to start with an overview of the performance. So you're constantly reinforcing it. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll give you a wonderful example. I was working with a an HR team in a, um, a big organisation recently, and, um, and we brought in one of the um, finance team and uh, and we deliberately asked this um, this finance director to to create a quiz around some of the core metrics, and the quiz started with what what is the share price today, right? And you could see blood drain from the faces of people <laughs> around the room, right? And and it was all right. So so what is what is our what was our last quarter's profit? Yeah. What is uh, what was our last quarter sales and you know, a range of different metrics and just ran the quiz. Okay, and how does that compare against our competitor? You know, what's their return on sales? What's their um, a profit per employee, uh, which is a core metric for this business? And and you and and the wonderful thing was is that you know after the blood drain from the, the team's face when they realised that they probably needed to or didn't know but needed to know some of these metrics, we ended up in a really powerful conversation about how do we stay on top of it, how do we keep people updated, how do we deepen the knowledge. And and the finance team, in fact, every finance team that I've worked with throughout my career are always more than willing to come out and explain the metrics so that people really understand it rather than them being hidden in the, the, the accounting black box, if that makes sense. And so, um, so to, to keep it alive, I think leaders need to make sure that they're constantly talking about it and, and, and making sure that then if they've got managers in their team, their managers are talking about it too and you spend the time properly educating people to understand it and, and to be able to talk about it with confidence. Another thing you mentioned was that you can perform not knowing the numbers, but if you know the numbers, then you could potentially add value. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It, it was a, a real lesson for me um, when I made the transition in my career from being a, a sort of a, a director to become an executive, and and so as a as a director head of you know, some type of leader in a company, you tend to have your your view of what's going on in the company restricted to your particular specialist areas, maybe maybe a bit beyond that, but tends to be quite restricted. Um, and and the wonderful thing about that is that you've got the luxury of ignorance, uh, is what I call it. And, and and what I mean by that is that because you don't really know what else is going on in the company, you don't have to worry about some of that stuff. But it also means that, um, and, and there's a luxury in that because actually when you do learn about it, then you do have to worry about it. And what that means is that then you stay really focused on your particular area. But if you don't know what the true performance is, what influences that performance, then how do you know you're investing the the right time and energy in the things that will will, will drive performance? Now, when I talk about the luxury of ignorance, the, the difference is when you become an executive, and, and so whilst my, my executive role was in HR, um, I sat around a, a, a board table with the finance team, the sales team, the commercial teams, you know, the, the operators, and actually, I started to understand the business in a way that I'd never understood before. And then I started realising that actually all these other little projects and initiatives that I might have pushed it in one time in my career actually were just not appropriate when I really understood the performance. And so when I get back to you know, leaders educating their teams, why I think it's so critical 
is it helps dissolve some of that some of that ignorance that we have about what's really what's really influencing performance. And the more people can understand that, the more they can then make sure that whatever energy and and time they're investing in in into the business, into new initiatives, new projects, they can make sure that they're delivering the greatest return on investment possible. Now, I think it's important for me to say here, when people talk about performance, often you immediately leap to it being all about financial performance, but any good company will have a balanced approach to how they look at performance. So when I look at performance, I'll always look at this, the financials, I'll also look at the operational metrics, I'll also look at the people metrics, I'll also look at the sort of the community-based contribution metrics. And so when we think about performance, think about it holistically, not just about the financials, if that makes sense. And that means is that, you know, one, you really understand how the true system of the organisation works, but you also, it means that you're not always just chasing profit, if that makes sense. You know, the, the, the contribution you're making through your role is about the broader set of metrics, not just that one single number, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe um, I was kind of thinking maybe you could give us some examples of different departments within a business and how they would influence the numbers, like indirectly, maybe more because the, the direct ones are obvious, but maybe some of the indirect ones. Yeah, well, I can I can tell you um, I can give you some stories through, from my career and some of the work that I do where a better understanding would have helped them improve their performance, which is, you know, th these days the type of work that I do with companies. Um, so one one example was um, a sales team. So the sales team really heavily focused on sales. Oh, clues in the title. <laughs> and, uh, and so they yeah acutely aware of what the sales number is and were incentivized on that. What was really interesting, though, is that the sales team for this particular business didn't understand um, topics like operating margin. So what's the profitability of the sale that they were making? So they were chasing sales at all costs, not realizing actually some of the sales that they were making were actually losing the company money because mm -hmm. they were underpricing them, they were discounting them too much, et cetera. The other thing that they didn't um, understand is some of the operational metrics in terms of well, what does it cost to deliver those sales, either in terms of the amount of project management time, um, number of lorries going out, delivering product, whatever it might be. And so, yes, they were underpricing them. So actually they weren't even making the cost back, but then what they were doing is introducing such, because of the nature of the, the deals that they were doing, they were introducing such operational complexity that it further eroded the profitability. And actually it would have been better off that company just not doing that, not doing that piece of business at all. And so in that scenario, um, the concept was joining up the end to end, basically mapping through the, the profit and loss and getting the sales team to really understand the impact of the deals that they were making on the bottom line performance and then getting them to really understand and work with you know, the pricing teams, the operational teams, the finance teams, to not just think about what should they be, what what deals and what price they should be making, but what's the nature of those deals to make sure that the company could deliver them really efficiently and make money out of it. And 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 once we did that, the other thing we did was also look at what was the incentive structure around sales to make sure it wasn't so heavily weighted towards revenue. It was all also heavily weighted towards 
actual profit and cash receipts, you know, so cash, drawing the cash in, because they were also focused on sales that they never worried about bringing the cash in. And as um, somebody said to me many years ago, which is something that always sticks in my mind, you know, in business terms, um, it says revenue is, is vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. Now you can generate all the revenue you want, all the profit you want, but if you're not generating cash, you're dead in the water. And so that was a sales sales piece. If I go back to that HR team I was um, I was working with, the focus on them was getting them to really understand the whether they were getting the right level of productivity from the employee uh, the employee base. Now, in one level, you could say, well, you know, that means that you're seeking to sweat your assets. You know, push people harder, et cetera. But it wasn't about that. It was saying, actually, do we really understand are people working in the smartest possible way? Are we wasting times on things that just drain energy and waste time and effort when they we could be getting colleagues to do things differently? And a lot of the work that I do um, in organizations, I, I fundamentally believe that you know 90% of what needs to drive performance in an organization, people in that business already know. So I go in and talk to people in the business and lo and behold, they tell me all the things that they should be doing. And then we focus on those things, you know. And so from the HR team's perspective, what we did is by we, we set a different set of metrics and got them thinking differently about what drives performance and then engaging the workforce in a different way, which not only improved overall sort of productivity, but also morale and engagement because people were no longer bogged down by stuff that was just mind-numbing and um, and sort of soul-destroying is work. They were focused on the real value-add things that they wanted to do. They wanted to serve customers. They wanted to look after people. They wanted to deliver the products. They wanted to do all those things that would then generate more profit, but also greater energy in the, in the company. And so each of the departments in, in an organization can focus on only their metrics, but if they've got that wider view, then they can start looking at it, what I would call more systemically is to actually, what are all the levers that I have to drive an, an influence of performance, you know, across that balanced approach? And how do I start being more intelligent and in using those levers? Makes sense. You've given us quite a few examples, but I didn't know if you had any more kind of insi insights or examples of previous clients that you've worked with that have really benefited from knowing the numbers. I guess it's interesting because the, the way I've trained myself to focus on this and, and why? Because my background is less financial, less commercial, more people orientated, albeit you know, that's that's clearly shifted quite a lot in the in the time that I've been doing the type of work that I've done through my career. Is that the first question or one of the first questions I should say that I'll always ask business leaders that I'm working with, and it doesn't matter who they are, is how's business? And I'll yeah. always if even if I've only got 20 minutes with them, I'll always ask the question, how's business going? And I listen to them explain to me how businesses, how their business is performing. And then that gives me an in to ask, ask the questions that are really on my mind so I can better understand the business, but also ask some, some other probing questions about what's driving that performance. And, and uh, I, I hate saying this because it feels a bit sort of self-indulgent, but the number of times people say to me, oh yeah, it's a really good question, Rob, you know, and for me, just feels like a quite simple question that gets them thinking a bit more deeply about the answers. And, and a simple, simple um, point the other day, um, example the other day is I was talking to an HR director in a company that's having a pretty tough time because of the markets. And I said to them, so what's the, what's your 
profit level per employee per store. And, and so what that means is for every store, we should look at the total profit generated by that store divided by the number of employees. Uh, and, and that will tell you, you know, effectively per person, how much profit are we generating? And when you look at a, across a range of stores and you go, okay, so that one's really high and they're getting really high profit from the, a limited number of people. And this one's really low where they've got lots of people in low profit. So why, why is that now? There's all sorts of factors that will influence that market dynamics, location of the store, et cetera, et cetera. But there'll also be some internal factors that they can control that will influence that. Now, as I was talking to the HR director about it, so well, why don't we quickly do that? Have you got the profit numbers? Have you got the headcount numbers? And within sort of 15 minutes of having that data, we'd created a, a league table where we could see the best and the worst. And then we could sort of think about some of the factors that would be influencing that in terms of the you know, environmental factors. And then what we did is we used that data to work with the store managers to look at where the best practice was from the, the best performing and start to introduce that into some of the lower performing where they, they hadn't even really thought about changing some of their ways of working. And, and what was really interesting is that we were able to uplift all of the stores just on using that one simple metric that not because it was a an incredibly powerful metric, but it allowed us to dive deeper into what was driving performance uh, in each of these stores, and then and then yeah, use that across uh, across a, a broader base. Great. Let's maybe go to a follower question, if that's okay. Um, sure. One follower has asked, they understand the figures, the results and objectives from the numbers point of view, but they wouldn't have a clue about the profit and loss. Is this okay or do they need to know it? But I suppose this goes back to one of your examples earlier and the depth of knowledge you need, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess the if you're not an accountant, when you start looking at tables of numbers, it can be really daunting. And, uh, and and as somebody who you know spent their life in the people space, yeah, reading all, all the books in my early career, I read were all about people understanding people, you know, developing people, getting the best out of people. And it's only probably in the last you know, seven or eight years that I've really dived more and more into the commercial space and um, sort of understand that. I, I would always avoid the numbers, even though I've studied finance and other things. I'd always avoid the numbers because it just felt a bit overwhelming. I think the the key is is probably do a bit of research on just so you understand how a simple thing like a profit and loss works. And the simple, the, the way I think about it, and I appreciate there's slightly different definitions depending on your company, but it's sales revenue minus the cost of the goods that you're selling gives you your gross profit and it will give you a gross margin figure minus the operating expenses, which are quite often your sort of central overheads, your central costs will give you your profit number. And that's what a profit and loss is. And, and then there'll be all so, sorts of other really complex elements that sit within that, that the finance team can explain it to you. But the key things I look for are, what is the total sales and how is that tracking? Is that going up? Is that going down? You know, is that is that matching the budget of what the company needs? What is our, our cost of goods sold, which gives you your gross margin? Is it costing us more to make these sales or less? Are we making a better gross margin or a lower gross margin? And then what's our operating expenses? And I think if you just hold that defin those definitions at a, at a high level, 
you'll be able to look at the management accounts of your company and just understand them. And and the and if you're in a, um, a publicly listed company, the first thing I'd encourage you to do is go into the go into the annual report of the last year and just take a look at the annual report and look at the profit and loss within there. And clearly then there's other things like the the balance sheet, which tells you about the combination of assets and liabilities, then your cash flow statements, which talks about, you know, how your how your cash is king is flowing through your business, et cetera. But the key is um, yeah, the profit and loss is, is, is quite a simple thing to do, but don't be afraid of it. Just start digging into it, start looking at it, trying to understand it and go to any member of the finance team and they should be able to explain it to you in a, in a reasonable level. And don't be afraid to, to ask, well, what's included in cost of goods sold? So, so what do we include in that versus other companies? Why do we include that? What's included in our operating expenses? Um, why do we include that? Does that include me? Where do I sit within that? Where does my team sit within that, et cetera? And, and just asking those questions will will naturally help you deepen your understanding. And then explaining it to your team will reinforce what you know. And so don't be afraid to talk to your team about it to get the, you know, like with the HR team I mentioned, get the finance team to come in and talk to your team about it so that, you know, you're constantly bringing it to life and you're always talking about what the performance is. We've got another follow-up question, but I think it's similar to the what you've already been saying about asking questions, but they have a fear of numbers and they don't want to expose their weakness. They're kind of kind of faking it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you suggest? Yeah, it, it's it's a really good one. And and I'll openly admit, so, so I, I studied engineering um, uh, at university. And because of the, the nature of the maths we were doing, I didn't leave home with one, maybe two calculators in my bag. In fact, I've still got sort of 25 plus years later, the same calculator that I used at university because I'm so natural with it because I used it every day of my life for five years. You know, and it's come all the way over to the other side of the world with me. And so and whilst that helped me be really good at maths, unfortunately, what it did for me is it made my mental arithmetic appalling. Because you know what, whatever sum I needed to do, whatever calculation, I just tapped it into the calculator and never had to rely on it. And so these days I can be sitting in rooms and people are doing the math in their head just naturally, you know, additions, modifications, divisions, percentages. And as I'm sitting there going, oh crap, what, think Rob, you know, trying to get the brain to kick into gear, you feel that anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rob, what's the, what, what do you think that is as a percentage? I have no clue and I haven't got my calculator with me. You know. <laughs> And 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 I think that just owning that and accepting it and um and and not being afraid of those numbers just because you don't feel like you can understand them, I think what you'd start to realise is that once you dig into it at that at the higher level, just start to look at the numbers more and more, you just start to train the brain. It's like anything else, you know. And I know my mental arithmetic isn't particularly good. I'm now actually fortunately young children. So spending lots of times with them on their math because it's a great way for me to practice it as well, you know, to to go through the times tables again and and to get sharper at that. And so if you haven't sort of developed that muscle, your brain isn't wide in that way, then just start doing it. Start to show an interest, start talking to people about it, start paying attention to the, to, to the numbers and how they're being reported and um and 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 don't be afraid to ask questions. So. Great. Is there anything that you feel like we haven't shared that would be helpful or maybe just some final thoughts? Yeah, it's a good question. So 
when I was thinking about this topic, it came from a place of watching a variety of teams really struggle with it. And and then the leaders struggle with it. And as they were doing that, I watched them, you know, all the way back from my early career to, to today, watch leaders bluff their way through it. And, and and what that told me is that actually, one, it's more common than we think. So if you're sitting there and thinking, actually, yeah, I don't really understand the performance and I'm too afraid to to raise it or ask the questions, actually, you're not alone. And and um, there was one particular story, and I think I might have re- referenced this on a podcast a little while ago. Um, early in my time when I first came to the UK, I was working for a small consultancy and I was partnering with a, a senior consultant who was facilitating a a an executive team away day um for a very big company you know so these were high level hard hitting executives of one of the uk's biggest companies and in the meeting he got the finance director to stand up and talk about the numbers because the company was in trouble and everybody was nodding and you know, looking all serious as you can imagine that they would do because of the situation and he said okay that's great yeah let's call the the, the finance director's name john that's great thanks john and he sort of looked around the room and he had this unique way of sort of holding his finger to his mouth and then just immediately pointing at somebody and, and calling them out. He said, okay, um, yeah, Steve, as he pointed to this guy, just talk me through what John was saying in terms of this particular topic. And you see Steve sort of shaking in his boots, again, blood drained from his face. <laughs> um and and he fluffed his way through it. He goes, all right, he put Steve out of his misery and he pointed to the next verse, can you tell me? He said, all right, let's just get honest here. Who really understands what's driving performance here? You know, score yourself on a one out of 10, you know, one being no clue, 10 being exceptional, and most people gave themselves a five. And that was in, that was in one of the biggest companies in the UK. And, and my point being that, you know, if you're... If you're a bit nervous about this, you know, like the the, the question that you asked around, you know, I feel nervous around the numbers. Yeah, you know, you're not the only one. There's lots of people out there. But trust me, the more you dive into it, the more you show the curiosity, the more you have that desire to learn, the more, one, you'll really understand what's driving performance of your business. And two, the more you'll start to think differently about your influence over that performance. And that will get you thinking differently about how your team performs, where your team focuses, and how you can contribute to the success of the organisation that's paying your wages. You know? And um, and 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 you know, I think when once you do that, and the places where I've I've supported teams to do it, it doesn't just drive different levels of performance. It also drives different level of morale engagement because people feel more connected to what they're doing. They know how their piece of work on a day-to-day basis is really contributing to the to the overall not just in financial performance but in that balanced performance that i talk about so i just can't, i can't stress it enough it's it's too easy to to feel fearful of to step away from but the minute you do step into it the minute you pay attention to what's going on the minute you show that curiosity it'll give you a different perspective on your business and trust me there's a lot of people who are who are willing to help you learn about it in your organisation, and, and I've never ever, through all the people that I've worked with, have anybody turn turn me away when I'm asking a question about the performance. Say, actually, listen, could you just explain it to me? And as a, as a really simple example, when I became an HR director, as my first executive role, I sat down with the finance director, and I thought this guy probably assumes I know everything. And I said to him, his name was Darren. I said, Darren, I'm just going to be open with you. 
I don't have a clue about some of this stuff. Can you explain it all to me? What's this number? Why is that? Where's that? And you know what? We spent hours and he was brilliant. He didn't didn't sort of shrug his shoulders, didn't look at me with disdain. He, he was del- he was actually quite delighted to explain it to me because, you know, it helped him feel proud about the job he did and uh, and helped me really learn. And that gave me a different perspective about my role in the company. So, yes, don't be afraid. Show curiosity. Get into it. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Rob. That's been really helpful. So all that's left to say is thank you for listening. We hope this podcast has been helpful or insightful. If you are interested in getting any more support and knowing the numbers, pop an email to rob at purposefulleader.co. Please like and share the podcast and look out for more episodes coming soon. If you want to know more about the Purposeful Leader, check out our page on LinkedIn for the latest blogs, videos and insights. Thanks so much. Goodbye.